Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. I'm Elliot Danker. It's now time for Why It Matters. Technology transforming the world of banking, bringing all manner of new services to the table, and of course, revolutionizing the way that customers manage their finances. I mean, gone are the days of fixed branches, localized appointments. Today's banking, all done with a click of a button. But you know, technology has also brought with it new challenges, particularly in regard to authentication, fraudsters who are cautious, continuously finding creative ways to perpetrate the scams. In fact, according to the Singapore Police Force, there were more than 24,500 scam and cybercrime cases and a loss of about $335 million for the first half of 2023. So the question we're asking is, how do we mitigate banking fraud in a digital world where customers demand faster payments? How can financial institutions and telcos perhaps adopt more effective fraud detection and prevention strategies, all to fight against against financial fraud. Well, on the line with me is Ian Holmes, who is Global Lead for Enterprise Fraud Solutions Director at SAS. Ian, good afternoon. How are you? Hi there, Elliot. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Of course, so we've talked about financial fraud, what it is, the importance of detecting and preventing it. But really, do you believe that fraud is is so big right now, financial fraud is so big right now that this is the biggest form of fraud that we're seeing? It is. So fraud has grown exponentially over the last few years. And part of this is an increase in the ability for the regulators to identify new and innovative forms of fraud, which they need to track. But also, of course, the utilization of different avenues by the fraudsters is increasing the the losses that we are seeing across the different areas of fraud. I've been observing the rise of fraud over the past three years. And I remember at the start, a lot of analysts would say that these fraudsters, they do it for a good sport, you know, just because they can. They're creative. Where are we now with regard to that? Well, it's changing a lot, of course. It's still, uh, I'm sure, a lot of fun for the fraudsters to find new ways to scam people out of funds. But they are utilizing this for different areas, such as terrorism financing and other areas that, you know, is all uh, bad activity, which is affecting us all in our day-to-day life. Ian, one thing that's helped, of course, to the anti-fraudsters would be things like AI or algorithms helping to detect things like patterns uh, when it comes to uh, transactions. What are the challenges exist, you know, that prevents people from identifying these financial crimes or potential financial crimes? Yeah, so I think one of the big aspects at the moment is that there are a lot of scams out there, which I know Singapore has suffered from. Mm. And in this case, what we're finding is that the actual fraudsters are using humans, the bank's customers, effectively as their droids. What they're doing is they are taking some level of compromised data through phishing or smishing, and then they are expanding that by interacting with the customer directly and really socially engineering them in order to gather more information which they can then use against them. So what they are doing then is they're trying to get the the bank's customer involved in things like romance scams, investment Mm. scams, and of course with the hope of love or getting rich quick, customers are unfortunately falling for this, and that means that they, they can actually get the customer to send money directly to the fraudsters without having to be actually touching the customer's bank account themselves as had occurred historically, of course. Yeah. So I keep, you know, think I hear people say or ask questions like, how do we stay ahead of the game? How do we stay ahead of the fraudsters? 
I personally think it's just about making sure your walls are kept up all the time. It's impossible to be ahead of them. Do you agree, disagree? I mean, it's certainly on all of us to actually um, try and mitigate fraud opportunities wherever possible. And so not clicking on links within SMSs or emails is, is the best way. But of course, we all have busy lives and we're all open to just clicking uh, terms and conditions buttons and uh, other links within uh, SMSs and emails. And, and the banks are still certainly doing a lot through their use of AI and machine learning mm-hmm. and the, uh, in additional data which is integrated into that process in order to best identify when it's a customer and potentially when it's a fraudster. But it is getting a lot harder, as we have just spoke about, and the banks are doing a very good job. I want to try and dive a little bit deeper into the various sectors that are affected by fraud in terms of like ripple effects. So banks have done quite a good job to authenticate, right, to, to prove that they are who they are. What about other sectors that suffer from this? Take, for example, I don't know, say a marketing department. Want to do a simple survey over the phone. I pick up the phone and I'm already suspicious. <laughs> And that's difficult because, of course, the more that we become accustomed to just answering questions over the phone, the harder it is for us to be able to understand who it is we are speaking to. And for companies like marketing departments, etc., as you just mentioned, to, to need to and have to authenticate themselves to you would just put hurdles in front of being able to gather that data, mm. which is, of course, their job. So. The banks are really on the back foot because, you know, we are all used to picking up our phones, speaking yeah. to people with yeah. that trust in, in there. And the banks are finding it difficult to then impart their processes and their security within that general uh, interaction. I, I wonder if, you know, I feel that as customers, we've embraced technology so well. Are we doing a better job as customers embracing technology versus, say, institutions or banks? I mean, the population is, of course, you know, very broad in, in their usage. And the okay. pandemic, one good thing which came out of that was that many people were forced into a, a digital world. Mm. And some of them wanted to be and some of them did not want to be. Mm. And so this has kind of narrowed the scope of what the banks have to deal with. Yes, some of the generations have reverted back to maybe using branch or phone banking. But a lot more of us have accepted and adopted digital and therefore the banks are having a narrower scope to focus upon. But there is that education element where customers need to be educated on how best to protect themselves and their devices and their technology in order to make sure it's not exposed to fraudsters. Can I throw another spanner in there? Customer experience. Oh my gosh, you want a secure transaction but you also want a good customer experience? (laughs) That's correct. And, you know, fraud managers today in the banks They're not there just to protect the customers. They're also there, as you mentioned, to provide great customer service. Because as much as we all think that it's easy to spot fraud with all the millions and billions of transactions being processed, it really is a difficult job. And if they get one of those wrong and it is a genuine customer transaction, that customer may not be very happy if they do not get good customer service. And so that really takes a lot of effort from them. And yes, they have to be well aware that uh, if they are going to impact a transaction or call a customer that customer may not be very happy. And if the customer's not happy, the net promoter score is effective and uh, affected and the bank is you know, potentially going to be uh, looking to uh, change their policies and their processes from yeah. a fraud perspective. Believe it or not, actually, you know, discussing this with you does make me have a lot of empathy for the situation that they're in. I do wonder, though, is demand for experience so high that we could potentially see even faster forms of payments? 
Well, we're already seeing them. So across the ASEAN and into Asia-Pacific as a whole, you know, SAS is dealing with transactions which have irrevocable settlement of money within 15 seconds. And that leaves a very small proportion of time in order to do any fraud check. And so we have to be very accurate in order to be able to identify those few fraud transactions from within that multitude of transactions being processed. And so we have to be very accurate. And if you imagine the old days of checks where it used to take 14 days for a check to be presented and then cleared, we are now down to 15 seconds. But, you know, there's cryptocurrencies, there's central bank digital currencies to consider. So we never lose any of these uh, older forms of payments. We just increase the um, options available to our consumers in order to keep up with the trend. And that's also where the banks is banks have been pulled in different directions. You know, in terms of being a part of this sort of crime-fighting force, Ian, I want to to get your perspective on this. What value proposition does the human have when you consider, you know, you're looking at at fraud detection where AI is helping to decipher the amount of data that's coming out. How can a human make a difference in this world where you need AI to help stay ahead of the game? Yeah, so a human is, uh, does have to apply some business context to this. Mm. There are reasons, as we saw with the pandemic, everybody very quickly migrated from maybe in-person spending, yeah. even with a card or a digital payment, to actually doing a lot of more e-commerce and online shopping. And therefore, that level of uh, change is something which, you know, the AI takes a while to pick up, okay. pick up on. And therefore, the human needs to be able to apply that business context as the AI is developing. And that's very important. AI is seen to be an easy button for everything in today's world. And without that context, it does not always fit what is expected of it. Mm. Final question, Ian. Uh, And this is all about looking ahead to 2024. What do you expect in terms of trends where the financial fraud battlefield is concerned for next year? So there's going to be a lot more regulatory involvement within fraud. They have typically been involved in money laundering, which is a separate area of financial crime. But these two areas are coming together because it's getting very difficult to be able to identify between fraud and financial crime. And so having the regulators involved is going to be one aspect. And AI, as you mentioned, is going to continue growing yeah. as the volumes of transactions begin to burgeon uh, and increase. And that's, uh, that's a definite All right, I've been speaking with Ian Holmes, who is the Global Lead for Enterprise Fraud Solutions Director at SAS. Ian, thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend ahead. Thanks for your time, Elliot. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.